there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the baby. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. Gentlemen, how are we? Good. Really good, thank you. Good. I'm glad to hear it. You know, we feel like lockdown's easing. The world's coming back. Uh, Revolution is starting. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. Is revolution going to lock us down again, though? Well, if it does, we're just going to have to keep smashing the state harder. Right. So... Lockdown, get it under the virus under control again, mm. and then revolt twice as hard. Yep. That, and get locked down twice as hard again. Yep. Okay. It's going to be a cycle. This is what we're living in now. Right. The so, normal. <laughs> we thought this week we would talk about gadgets. Go yeah, gadgets. You guys protecting that, yourself from the nasty 5G rays? Well, this was the. <laughs> The reason we thought we'd talk about gadgets is because there was a story about a gadget that protects you from the 5G. And when it came time to actually record this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, that was like a month ago or something. It was like a week ago, <laughs> this story. Uh, time, right? Yeah. It's the new new time normal. So there was a story one week ago uh, about something in the UK. So the Glastonbury... Uh, Council on 5G, which is like the Glastonbury Council's Council on 5G, uh, they put out a report, and one of the things that they mentioned in this report was that they recommended using this gadget, which is a quantum anti-5G USB stick, <laughs> the the 5G BioShield. And I think you just... Maybe you plug it into a computer, or maybe you can just plug it into, like, a USB... Like, you know, like one of the ones you plug into the wall. Your phone charger. Can you plug a, a data stick into a into a phone charger thing? Would that would anything I, happen? I guess if, if the USB stick had like a little LED in it, I'm sure it would power it up. Yeah, but it wouldn't nothing would actually happen. There was that so. um remember a while ago there were those kind of scare news articles about people plugging their phones into public outlets mm. and um, you know, USB outlets and being um, hijacked and like filled with viruses and stuff. Mm. You guys remember those stories? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember them. I don't know if it was a, a scare thing as much as something to actually be scared of. No, it turns out it's just not possible. Like the amount of work that it would take to set that up in a public thing, like it, it's, it's maybe vaguely minutely possible, but no one would just take that much time to steal one information. Like there's no evidence of it ever happening. Um, someone just mentioned once it could happen and then everyone freaked out. I think that maybe there was like a DEFCON thing where they worked out how to do it. Yeah. But it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, if you wanted to steal that guy's information, you would like try and do it like a specific person. Yeah. But there would be no point in just putting it in a wall in an airport or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. It just, it just, it's not a feasible or thing to worry about. So anyway, just a little shoey there. So the 5G BioShield uh, has now been, they've, they've, the Glastonbury Council memory hold that report. They're like, no, we never recommended it. it was, and the guy that recommended it wasn't even on the in the thing, even though he was. Uh, and the London police are investigating it because it's 
basically just a USB stick with an LED. Yeah. And it's got a sticker on it, but it's just like a five cent holographic sticker, like a little circle that's shiny. And you can basically make one of these for about five bucks if you order it off Wish. Right. And they were selling it for 339 pounds. Wow. Jeez. Are they still selling it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the people <laughs> who made it are like, yeah, no, it totally works. Uh, but we didn't make any claims about what it does. So it, it does what we said it does. And we can't tell you what is inside it because it's uh, all trade secrets. And then other people have just pulled it apart and said, this is just like a straight USB drive like you would get at the supermarket to put your uni assignments on. It looks like it's one of those like blocks of acrylic that you would get on holiday with like a laser etched picture of like the local landmark inside of it. Yeah. Like just a a ratty piece of souvenir USB wear. But like so much more effort goes into producing that than has gone into producing (laughs) this. Man, people must be making fortunes off the stuff, eh? Oh, there's a, there's a special deal as well. You can buy one for £340, but you can get three for £958. Oh, Jesus. Well, that is a bargain. What's that a saving of £50, roughly? Yeah. That that said, you do get 128 megabytes of storage. 128! <laughs> you know, when I, actually, when I first read this, I was like, oh, at least there's a, a decent amount of storage, but that's not very much storage. No. Did you no, think it's a gigabyte? It's like, do people even... It might actually cost them more money to make because they've got to find someone who's producing USB sticks with that little Tiny hard drive storage space. on them. Um, what, is it, what do you say, 128 meg? Yeah. yeah. So, like, at Officeworks, for example, the base is 32 gig. Yep. yep. That's the, that, and it's $8. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, you can get 16 gig for 579. Oh, there you go. Either way, you're struggling to find 128. He would have, they found like a bulk bargain shipping container, right? They just bought a, yeah. bought a whole shipping container of, of old stuff. Yeah. Well, the council at one point in their history ordered like a bunch of promotional ones back in like 1999 when that was like cutting edge size. Yeah. And they're like, fuck, what are we, these never went anywhere. What are we going to do with them? So it, it wasn't actually the council that was making them, but it was just... So Glastonbury, I guess, is like a hippie town, I guess. Like Mullumbimby. Right. Uh, so they they put together this cat, like this 5G advisory group to advise them on what they needed to do about the 5G. And one of their recommendations is everyone should buy one of these cooked things. Right. But it was it was like in a list of other cooked recommendations. Okay. Oh, so they, were, they were being made by someone else. Yeah. But it's like, it's probably one of those things where maybe the guy that has put it on the list is like, just snuck it in there. <laughs> it's like, this is what happens when you, uh, like the councils get the cooked people involved. Yeah. I was, um... I've been, just before we get onto the other gadgets, to, speaking of Mullumbimby, I've been watching the Mullumbimby 5G thing continue. And there was a, a good video that I popped up on Twitter the other day. Their uh, legal advisor, who's also a skydiving instructor, uh, was giving legal documents to the like local police officer outside the police station. And they were the documents that they'd sent to Telstra saying that... Uh, Basically, if we're going to take down all of your towers uh, in Mullumbimby or elsewhere, uh, and if you don't respond to this, then that means you agree to it. And, of course, they hadn't <laughs> responded to it because you don't respond to, like, crazy letters that people send in. Yeah. And he was explaining to the cop how, so we've got tacit agreement with Telstra that we're allowed to take down their towers. And because we said Mullumbimby or elsewhere, that actually means all of Australia. Uh, and the Gotham. cops like, uh, right. Well, that's just clever work. We should should we start doing that by like, we should be able to set up our own government, right? Yeah, petitioning the government to say, hey, hypothopods in charge. Don't don't let us know if it's true, and then yeah. we'll just move in. Well, I don't want to I don't want to uh, bite too much into our news show this week, but uh, that <laughs> happened in WA this week as well. Excellent. A couple of guys basically sent a letter. They, they took over a courthouse in some little town in WA. It was like the old courthouse. Yeah. And basically they'd like sent a letter to the courthouse 
people saying, uh, we're taking ownership of your of this building to be our courthouse where we're going to try in absentia all of the corrupt politicians of Australia. And they didn't get a response. So they showed up at the courthouse and kicked the door down. <laughs> and then when the, secu- the security guards showed up in flip-flops, well, th- <laughs> that's for the for our American listeners, and you showed up in thongs, that's for our American listeners who want to imagine a slightly sexier scenario. Yeah. Uh, but he showed up in his thongs and he's like, oh, hey, I got the thing saying that the alarm was going off. I just feel it was like a cleaner or something. What are you guys doing? And they started like going into all of their legal documents and it's like, we have, you know, we've taken possession. He's like, ah, right. I should probably go change my shoes then. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, so we sent this in and so we've, uh, we have ownership of the building. And he's like, right. Oh, uh, so yeah. I, and they're like, can you turn off the alarm? Because the alarm was blaring. He's like, I don't actually have the code. I'm going to have to go get that. And then he went and called the cops. <laughs> so it was just a tourist attraction, right? It wasn't it? A- yeah, well, like it used to be the courthouse. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if it was even a tourist. Like maybe it's something nice to look at. It was like a heritage building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like you could probably go in house. there. There might be a couple of things in a case. Yeah, know. I don't know if it was even being... Maybe it was because it was on... It was like on a weekday, though. I don't think it was being used at all. Right. And probably definitely not at the moment. But they had a, a crack security guard there in his jandals. Yeah. That's for the New Zealand listeners. Yep. All right. That covers all of our listeners internationally. <laughs> uh, shall we get into some gadgets? Yeah. I um I really wanted to hear about Salty's uh, ceramic PJs. Yeah. Shall we start with that? Yeah. So I was looking at some stuff and I come across an article that was talking about uh, the NFL player Tom Brady who's like, he's like the superstar, right? I'm not really the, that across NFL, but he's like the man at the moment, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, certainly a thing. Uh, yeah, he's like the oldest player at the moment or something. He's 39. He's still playing like elite football. Yeah, there's, right? a, there's a whole thing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he's very, very famous. Is he the uh, goat? Mm, yeah. I wouldn't say that, no. But oh, who would you say? That's what they call him. I, uh, though, right? I don't know enough. I, I'm sorry, I'm out of my depth. Right. Okay. Yeah, I am too, but I'm I'm pretty sure. I listen to like Tell Him Steve Dave a bit, and Walt Flanagan's always going on about him. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's very Christian. Yeah, right. He's also like a massive health nut, right? He's on the verge of being like a Pete Evans almost. I think so. Yeah, he doesn't eat anything that like isn't a plant and he goes to bed before eight o'clock every night and gets a certain amount of sleep and all this kind of shit. And he attributes all of his like super intense health stuff to his longevity as a player and his intense fitness and stuff, which you know what? Good sleep, good food, good exercise regime. I don't, he's probably right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you could probably do the same thing on less extreme uh, uh, views. Anyway, he apparently uh, wears these special pajamas and athletic wear that uh, the company Under Armour make. Um, I'm not sure if they make it specifically for him or whether it's just something they make and he's like become the face of it. Yeah, I think you can just buy them because I saw a yeah. bunch of people that were like this uh, little mini industry of journalists scamming their editors out of buying them pajamas. Some free pajamas because they're like I tested Tom Brady's Super ceramic pajamas. <laughs> So they're made of um, just they're just made of fabric, but they're in, like embedded with um, a pattern that's printed in this uh, stuff called bioceramic, which is a bunch of different ceramic compounds that are ground down into a dust and then turned into some sort of paste and printed. And it's, it turns out to be soft. It's not like you're wearing you know, like broken pot plant pots like inside your pajamas. It's it's all very like uh, soft. That's where I've been going wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just smash up your pot plants and stuff it down your jammies. That's you're going to get lacerations, mate. Yeah, in places you don't want lacerations. Nah, I can um, who? Um, I can't remember the name of the photographer that used to take photos of babies in pots. And Gettys. And Gettys. And Gettys. I don't know. Is there a joke in there somewhere? Probably not. Carry on. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So this uh, stuff is called. Bioceramic, and I, like I was, I started looking into this because it sounded cooked as shit. But like the more I read about it, the more apparently the science kind of checks out on it. 
I don't know if it checks out on it in pajama form, but um, <laughs> the 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 property is of this bioceramic stuff is that it um, emits uh, far infrared radiation, and its far infrared radiation is used in heaps of different things, like there's saunas that use it, and there's all different sorts of stuff, and it's like a, a type of infrared energy that kind of penetrates your skin really deeply, like an inch or so into your skin. And it's supposed to be really good for like uh, helping with inflammation and muscle relaxing and stuff. And and from what I've heard, when it's used in a therapeutic sense, like a spa or a sauna kind of thing, it apparently is quite effective. I think because it does sort of penetrate into your skin and it makes your muscles react as if it's, they're reacting to heat. So they're, it's like a relaxant kind of thing. But the idea of the pajamas is this stuff is printed on the inside of the pajamas and when you go to sleep at night, it sucks your body heat out and then converts your body heat into some sort of energy that fires back this near infrared or far infrared energy back into your body. So when you go back, when you go to sleep, you're basically in a little like microwave suit that zaps your muscles and helps you like recover from being an athlete. <laughs> and then you wake, you wake up a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Like you, you, you work out, you do your, you have your good diet, you exercise heaps, and then you put your special gym jams on and pop off to bed at eight o'clock. And then basically all night you're lying in bed, you're microwaving your ball sack in your own like, body heat, infrared radiation, but you wake up and your muscles feel good. Okay. I, I don't know if I buy it. Yeah. I, I can understand how, how it probably works in other like situations. Like if you, if you're actually using a machine to generate it and pump it into your body, but I don't know about printing a nice pattern inside pajamas and that. It's- like blasting you with it. So th- there was an article in the Guardian that broke down like a bunch of Tom Brady's like health things and like because he's got a few little gadgets he uses, right? And on the pajamas, like the expert said, look, we don't actually, no one actually knows whether this works. It might have some. It, we think it might have some minor benefits, but you're like, we don't really know. So maybe it helps, but also yeah. uh, he sleeps for like, he sleeps nine hours a night. Yeah, solid, and it definitely helps to have a solid, consistent nine-hour sleep every night. <laughs> and so, some of the like the journalists I saw who were trying it, they were like, "Because you got to test it over like a month or something to know whether you're feeling any effect." And he was like, "Look, I sort of felt like maybe I felt better, but also, you know, maybe I I wasn't sleeping properly before, yeah. and now I've sort of ritualized sleeping properly, so." It's a from the scientific community. It's a definite maybe, right? Yeah, I'm just skimming through something in Runner's World, um, and they seem to say, "Yeah, maybe." Yeah. There you go. So there's no one, did, no I, one outright going, "This is cooked." No, I did see some stuff. It was like that maybe that by regulating your temperature, like you know, your core body temperature drops when you sleep. Yeah. And that maybe it helps with regulating that so that uh, you can get to the right temperature for a deeper sleep or something. Yeah. Um, I think I saw a similar thing about the core body temperature thing and it said, you know, what might help is just sleeping in a cooler room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The weird thing is I thought thought the the pajamas would make you really hot, but no one really complained about that. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I I found when I wear my my normal ceramic pajamas. Right. Just boiling. Mm. You didn't go out and buy the special kiln pajamas, did you? So, Robbo, what's our next gadget? Uh, do we want to talk? Um, I've got two. Seeing as we, I guess, let's seeing as we're talking about sleepy time things. Uh, have you guys ever heard of a boo buddy? No. No. What's that? Uh, boo buddy. Um, it's not your average beer. Just okay. getting that across. It's a little teddy Ex- beer. Extra hops. Extra hops, yeah. Really, really good malt. Good malts. Right. Uh, no, it's a little teddy bear, 
that is designed to um, light up when it detects EMF uh, radiation. Oh, my God. And you know, when you first said Boo Buddy, I was like, I hope it's a ghost-detecting little toy. <laughs> it is a ghost-detecting bear, that is true. Um, and there's two versions. There's Boo Buddy regular, OG, which is like $360 US or something. Yes. Uh, and there's Boo Buddy Junior. The the original um, has speak, uh, phrases built in, so it talks. So basically it's designed so. <laughs> <laughs> this is We've, sounding so terrifying. It's like, so do you have a haunted house? How can we make that any scarier? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's re- the, the the part of the reason for it is as well is, is some, whoever invented it, I can't remember his name, but he um, wanted a way to not scare off children, <laughs> not scare off goat ghosts. Um, you know, if there's people in the room, so he could put it in the room and kind of leave the room and have. Uh, you know, uh, what is it? A PVP? What is the, what do they call that? PCP? The recorders, the yeah, PCP. Um, the recorder. Um, you know where they talk to ghosts. Um, have one of them recording, and then um, have this bear saying phrases out loud, and the the recorder will you know hear the phrase and then answer back. Um. And also it would help uh, if you're looking for child ghosts because uh, it's kind of a trigger thing. So they, you take, they take in things that might appeal to the kind of ghosts that they're looking for. Uh, and a teddy bear is one of those things. It's like a ghost yeah. detector. Yeah, it's kind of really creepy. It's like a ghost nanny cam, sort of. I mean, I guess. You don't, you don't have to be in the room to detect the ghosts. Yeah. Um, and it's got limbs and a, a thing that, that kind of light up. So if it goes red, there's like really strong EMF. Well, I'm glad it's got limbs. No, the limbs. <laughs> the only limbs, thing that could make it any scarier was if you had a limbless teddy bear. Limbs that light up, no punctuation in there. Okay. Um, the phrases, so I was watching people review it online, and the phrases are really generic teddy bear phrases. Like, um, do you want to learn your ABCs? Uh, you know, do you like, what's your favourite song? Do you like colour? Do you like, uh, what's your favourite colour? Like, really just stuff you'd find on a normal teddy bear that talked. Yeah, but right. maybe also stuff that is rude to ask of a ghost. Yeah, maybe. It's like, do you want to learn your ABCs? Motherfucker, I'm dead. Yeah. Um, one reviewer was really happy with the little backpack. It's got a little backpack on its back where the battery pack lives. Uh, this guy is like, it's my favourite part of the bear. He was loving it. Um, but yeah, the one reviewer I said, uh, this is not your average bear. It has the attractive good looks and so much more. The EMF bear detects changes in energy. Children will love it, but this is definitely not a toy. I think it kind of is by definition a toy, but whatever. That's my denial of the supernatural world. Um, another reviewer had pros and cons and there's a lot of pros and a few cons, but one of his biggest cons were it's not for beginners. <laughs> so if you're a beginner ghost hunter, don't get the adorable little bear. Right. <laughs> Go for something else. Um, one guy did an unboxing video where he was really happy because he got a little keychain and a flashlight, a little pen light. Right. He was really excited to get those going on. Um, but, yeah, basically it's this really, really cooked. I, I It seems to be a generic off-the-shelf beer that they've rebranded by putting a different tag on it. Right. Sticking light bulbs in its arms. Well, because I looked online and you could find teddy bears that had really similar looking light bulbs in their arms. Okay. And I could find teddy bears that obviously spoke similar phrases. But it it does, when you turn it on, say, I'm Boo Buddy. Uh, And then it um, will, you know, so obviously it's some bespoke aspects to it whoever's yeah. invented it. Uh, I think it's Ghost Shop, which is a website. So uh, I think they've put a mu- bit of money behind it. But um, I feel like it's not a huge effort to, like, reprogram. No, probably not. You could practice. probably go to that one of those Build-A-Bear shops and get one. Yeah. So EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomena, is that what that's, you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. EVP. So that's when 
you're recording and you pick up voices or things on the recording that you didn't hear when you were actually doing the recording. Yeah, yeah, correct. So is that is that what it's picking up? So, but it's also it's speaking and then it's seeing if it picks up anything in response so to that. It's it's speaking and then the EVP recorder will capture the the replies. So you know, it's like, kind of like you, taking sorry. a little cutesy thing to get the child ghost off guard, and then they're getting you know child ghost replies. Yeah. It's like, do you know your? Do you want to learn your ABCs? And they're like, yes, I do. And the oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trick, trick. We actually ghost hunters. Got ya. Um, I one thing I it was really weird or hard to look up when I was researching this, looking up like talking teddy bear, and then I was googling some of the phrases. I'm um, talking teddy bear. Uh, do you want to learn your ABCs, or do you want to play a game, or something like that? Yeah. Um, it's so hard to find any results for it. One. Um, I think I put in quotation marks, you know, do you want to learn your ABCs? And the only two video results were two porn videos. <laughs> oh. Um, I, and I feel like Google's really tightening its algorithms and you're just getting, yeah. I feel like that would have, would have returned something, but, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so that was the, that's the boo buddy. It's uh, sweeping, the, sweeping the nation. Can I tell you about one of the uh, gadgets I found, which has a sort of similar name? Of course. The Spooky Squared. Hey. But this isn't even anything to do with ghosts. Can I just read you their sales pitch? Yeah. Maybe you've been to the commercial Rife Machine websites and salivated over those shiny high-tech boxes with flashing lights and dials and thought, yes, I want one of these. Until you saw the prices and your heart sank to your boots. And well, it might... Who can afford such extravagant sums of money for a rife machine in these savage times? Precious few of us. Well, we have a rather different approach. We want to give the world a rife machine that everyone can easily afford. It's not just any old rife machine either. It's called the Spooky Squared. And it's the most highly advanced and versatile rife machine in the world. Developed over the past four years by an international team of electronics engineers, technical designers, software developers, and rife practitioners. Blah, 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 blah. They're not interested in money. They're not interested in the corporate high life. Yachts, They're not interested in money. Cuban cigars, champagne, and caviar. No, they're not. They're in it for the love of rife. Okay. So we've we've talked about rife machines before. We talked about Royal Rife. It's sort of similar to Pete Evans's thing, the biocharger. Mm. Yeah. It's all, it's all about blasting you with frequencies and frequencies of sound and, uh, and light and lasers and things i mean actually i think the rife machine is a little fancier than pete evans's one because he didn't have any lasers did he no i think these can these can hit you with like five uh five different types of frequencies uh so a little bit of a history of the spooky squared which also on the you know on the internet you can do the squared thing on a website right yeah i'm not i'm not asking i know you can you know the two, the little, the little two that's oh, yeah. a little higher. Yeah, that's not that's super not a hard. Script. Yeah, superscript. There's a little, the little triangle superscript. Yeah. Then the end triangle, then the the two, and then a little another triangle and a slash and then superscript and then the thing. I just rewrote their website for them. <laughs> but even though that's like basic HTML, they just call it the spooky two. They right. and they have to explain that they mean spooky squared. We don't know how to do the little two, but we do know how to make a great device. We want the little two. <laughs> we want it to be the big one, the one that's up, not the one that's down. Right. You know how you can do the little two that's down. I don't don't even know what that means. Subs- yeah. Subscript. Yeah. <laughs> but what does it what does it indicate? Oh, Cam! If you have to ask, you'll never know. So a little history of this. <laughs> Uh, in April 2013, the first version of our Rife system, simply called Spooky 2, was quietly released with no publicity and no fanfares. News spread quickly by word of mouth and thousands of people the world over got their hands on a Rife system that was second to none, equaling and even bettering what most commercial manufacturers had to offer. The difference, Spooky 2 was priced at less than $60. Ooh. But we knew we could do better, a whole lot better. So we took what we learned with Spooky 2... Ripped everything apart, then rebuilt it from the foundations up. Not just to be better, but to be the ultimate Rife system. 
and we've just done it again for the October 2016 release. The result is Spooky 2. I don't know if, like, they fucked up and they put the wrong name as their original thing. Right. Or if they've always called it Spooky 2. But now they're like, now, and now here's our all new system, the Spooky (laughs) 2. Was it called Spooky 2 and then they learned how to do Superscript, so they were just like, fuck it, new new device, Spooky Squared. Well, they put it this, like, they still do it without the Superscript. Uh And then they've got in brackets, the 2 isn't a software version number, it stands for Squared. Okay. <laughs> There's a bunch of add-ons you can get for, you know, for a mere hundred more dollars, you can get this thing. For another 60 bucks, you can get this other thing. But one of the fanciest things is you can get a little uh, remote operator where you don't even have to be in the same country as your Spooky 2 rough machine for it to be working on you. So you, you wear like the little remote thing yeah. and through the magic of a quantum entanglement, they can send all of the frequencies and vibrations across countries. And that, hang on, for upgrades. So what? you can that that, that, that is one of that is one of many upgrades you can get. Yeah, like my machine could be here in Melbourne, but I'm off overseas in London. Ah, uh, so they're not wa- trans they're not transmitting things to you. They're not like, oh, we've got a new patch coming out. We're just oh no 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 no. no, no. no. It's like it's I've got my. I've got my Wuhan coronavirus recipe running back in Melbourne, yeah. but I'm in London. I'll just use the little fucking device, my little portable device. Ah. So I, I don't think it's actually even a portable. I don't think it's even a device, the portable thing. I think it might just be some sort of pendant or something that you wear. So right. it uses quantum entanglement, which is just <laughs> the idea, I think, is that, uh, you know, all of the atoms are in sync. With your yeah. machine back home, so it doesn't matter where you go in the universe, and it also uses scalar technology. So that was that's one of the other things I've got to bring to the party is this uh, thing of scalar tech, which is uh, a little. They usually come in pendant form, so you can find scalar pendants online. I think some of uh, like the stuff about like maybe the Livestrong bracelets might have operated on a similar idea. Right. You know how all of the sports people were wearing those weird little hologram bracelets? Yeah. I think, wasn't Livestrong a different thing? That was the Lance. Was was that supposed to have some sort of health benefit or was that just supporting his cause? Yeah, I think that was his whole, um, his cause, whereas those hologram brace bracelets, they, they were probably at a similar time that that was all happening, but I think they're right. different things. All right. So we just rubber promotional bracelets. <laughs> no, yeah. no, which is what the Livestrong ones were. Well, right. these scalar pendants and things, they're supposed to help protect you from, like, EMF and all of the other bad stuff. And it's weird, though, because they actually... Part of the point is that, like, they have negative ions, and so it's supposed to counteract all of the other ions that are in the atmosphere coming at you. Right. But, like, they, some of them actually have, like, little bits of uranium and things in them. And so there's a bunch of health people out there who have been like, you know, maybe just don't wear this on your skin. <laughs> But all of these people who are, like, freaking out over Wi-Fi cooking them are like, yeah, get this fucking little uranium pendant and wear it all the time. It's not yeah. like a piece of uranium glass, is it? No, I think it's a, it's like a safe amount of uranium that's, mm. like, just in some sort of, like, stone, like, little stone or, like, little metal pendant. Right. But, like, we don't know what effect it would have to wear a little bit of uranium all the time. Yeah. I have some uranium glass salt and pepper shakers. Ooh. Explain. This glass with uranium in it, and it glows under a black light. Huh. Is that um, good to have for your salt and pepper? It's Well, yeah, it's it's safe. It's like a safe thing. Um, uranium glass was a big... I think it was also called depression glass because it was cheap to make at the time. Um, and it's sort of... Yeah, it's glass that's embedded with some sort of uranium product and it's kind of green looking and when you shine a black light on it it glows because it's like uranium um but there's a whole massive collector's market for uranium glass you get all fancy vases and all sorts of shit um it's really cool stuff and yeah it's apparently not at all dangerous fair enough oh yeah so the 
I did I did just find the spooky thing the the, the remote thing is the spooky two remote V two. So that that is a two meaning the second version. Okay. But so, the, the first two doesn't mean the second version. Okay. It's squared. Uh, and all of this will set you back three hundred and thirty one dollars and nineteen cents for the starter kit. Okay. How much, sorry? Three hundred and thirty one dollars and nineteen cents. So the base model is less than sixty. Yeah. And then all of the add-ons, including the spooky pulse biofeedback unit and all the, the accessories will set you back another two hundred something. What is it, a jet star flight? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, compared to the bloody Pete Evans machine that doesn't even have lasers, that's pretty good value. Yeah, it is. It's still good value. Uh but it's it's not great value still for just something that um goes Bleep! and shines a light. <laughs> Uh, Robbo, did you have another one? Uh, I did have another one. Um, so while we're speaking uh, about version two of things, and I just realised I didn't even write it down, uh, the electric—I did actually write it down. I found electric light dousing rods version two point oh. Because right. we've just been using sticks. We have been using sticks. Um, mm. there was, this is actually the second version of the electric light dousing rods. Um, but the, the, the first versions, you had to choose your colour. So if you wanted your electric light dousing rod to be uh, green or blue, you had to buy one or, one or the other. Now, Jeff Eastman, founder of North Canton Paranormal Detectives, or NCPD, mm-hmm. has managed to get multiple colours into one box, one little dousing rod. Uh, so you could, like, you could buy it and you have, you know, you could have red and green at the same time. Right. It's truly remarkable. He did it in, in response to people demanding or asking for a red dousing rod because yeah. he hadn't had red in the original. He had green, blue, pink, and yellow maybe. Uh, now he's got red. Anyway, um, this guy, was a, he's a big dousing man. He's, he's always been into dousing. And he made his first dousing rods from coat hangers. Mm-hmm. And then he upgraded. He's a, mecha- a mechanical engineer, although I did know on his LinkedIn um, he – is no longer a mechanical engineer with the big company he worked with. Now he's a substitute teacher. Um, so I don't know if the mechanical engineering business is, is going as well now that he's leaning into the paranormal detective work. Right. Uh, uh, Robbo, what does it matter what colour your dousing rod is? How does that affect it? Um, look, he said, this has come up, and he said, look, it's not clear if different ghosts or paranormal uh, entities will respond, but if you just want a different colour, he had a blue one, his wife had a pink one. Maybe we could just dial back a little bit on this ghost thing. Isn't a dousing rod to find water? Yeah. Look, that's what I thought. It seems they've just kind of, everyone's just dousing for anything now. If you want to find something or have something replying, you're just getting a you're getting a dousing rod and asking questions. Is this another thing where they've got an... Maybe there was a drought or something and they've ordered a bunch of dousing rods in <laughs> and then people realised, oh, we can just get water from the tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the go is because I'm the same as you and I looked them up and I was like, what? Did desalination kill the dousing industry? I think so. Um, but, yeah, these are, these are obviously good if you're looking for ghosts in dark light and dark rooms and you want them to ask them questions and the, the ghosts move them. So basically, it's a handle, and there's a ball bearing, and so the top, the top part swivels around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. It swivels around a little f- too freely for my liking. Um, there was footage of them, people asking a ghost some questions, and pretty sure the guy's hands were moving just enough for it to swivel around <laughs> when the ghost was answering immediately to these questions. <laughs> a dou- like a dousing rod. Is supposed to move very freely, because isn't it the the idea of the the actual water finding dousing rod is like that the vibrations of underground water yeah. are supposed to somehow like uh, affect come up through you know the person and affect the dousing rod so that it leads them in the direction of where the water is. Yeah, or well, magnetics or something makes them sort of change directions because of changes in the underground topography. So, but presumably they're doing this ghost hunting in places that have underground topography 
as everywhere on Earth does. Mm. Uh, does that not a uh, like interfere with the ghost hunting? No, I don't think so. Because you're 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 putting out ghost energy, you're not putting out water energy. I would <laughs> right. assume. Um, I just want to. There's a couple of things that. Um, so essentially, there's a, a lights, LED lights on rods. Yeah. Um, but now he's got he's got three versions. Um, the the main version, um, he's got this. Um, he's got a a holster for them that he calls, because this is called Electric Light, it's the E.L. Scabbard or L. Scabbard. Right. Uh, you know, L being like Spanish for, for the. <laughs> um, but he, the positions, the places that he puts them on his body are attached to his belt, much like a police baton, like a cop baton. Right. Um, or over his back, strapped over his back, like he'd be like a, a superhero with a sword or something. Right. Um, and like it's clearly intentional, like when he... Uh, mentioned his, you know, NCPD. He's like, you could see he's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like the cops of paranormal <laughs> um, with his dowsing rods. Um, in the mini versions as well, he spends a good two minutes discussing how to put the mini version into the little, um, I don't know, like pencil case thing that he's got with it. Right. Um, and then like shows how he puts it into his vest or how he clips it into his belt. Uh, he spends way too much time on that. Like, we, as as bit... we've dem- demonstrated, we've got many questions about how this works and why it doesn't interfere with yeah. water and stuff. He's just like, no, nah, I need to show everyone how we're putting this into my into my here, here are my carabiners or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing um, him like whipping them out of his belt like fucking nunchucks and swinging them around on their ball bearings, like doing tricks and shit. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I. <laughs> 100% think he would. It also looks like in all his videos, um, he's wearing a lot of makeup. Um, right. And I wouldn't, like, you know, whatever, you could wear makeup, it's fine. But he just doesn't seem like the guy that would wear foundation and contour contouring. Um, but go check out one of his videos and uh, have a think for yourself. The other notable thing about his YouTube channel is uh, in March when the lockdown started, his wife, who was an elementary school teacher, uh, started using the paranormal channel for reading lessons and spelling <laughs> lessons, which you could do with ghosts. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't think she's a full time teacher. She was filling in for Mister Hutchinson's class, uh, as she said in one of the videos. Um, but yeah, amongst the ghost hunting and uh, EMF demonstrations, there's uh, there's Mrs. Eastman doing spelling and reading. Yeah, aware the entire time that she could just be replaced by a boo buddy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, he also, Jeff, likes to reassure the spirits because um, spirits would have may not have ever seen these rods before. They're you know they're spiriting around. Someone's got dowsing rods. They're like, oh yep, I know what a twig looks like. I'm a spirit. I've been around long enough. You pull out a light, and they're going to be like, what the hell? So what he says, I like to see the spirit. I like to say to the spirits, you've never seen these sorts of rods before, but do not be afraid. And then sometimes he holds them up to his face to show them that they're not anything to be afraid of. This guy's so patronising. That's, uh, that's ghost splaining. Yeah, ghosts, could, <laughs> ghosts have been around long enough to see an LED light. Yeah, if you're some fucking ghost from like the 1700s, and you've you've w- witnessed the march of technology, I don't know. Maybe you don't uh, perceive time in the same way, but like if a ghost is around in 2020. Dropping in on your YouTube spelling lesson, <laughs> like a little light on a stick is the least insane thing happening. Well, there are two, and there are two. Um, this both both of these are for sale on ghostshop.com, I think it is. Um, but there are two, I guess, opposing theories. One is light up creepy bears will attract ghosts, two yeah. is lights will deter ghosts. Because, like, the first one assumes that ghosts are familiar with and not afraid of terrifying bears. Yeah. Whereas this, inanimate rods are going to terrify them. And also, yeah, like, a a bear is something, like, if you're trying to attract a child ghost, which... <laughs> but if you're trying to attract a child ghost, like, a teddy bear's a good way to do it, because it's something familiar. Teddy bears have been around for a long time, since the days of Teddy Roosevelt. Yep. I think. 
but he's got something to do with it. You are adding like a terrifying thing to it by putting on the lights and things like that. But like, and also the terrifying phrases. Like a dowsing rod is just a stick. Um, one of the comments on the YouTube uh, video that I was watching, someone says, uh, "You do not. You do know you're playing with fire, don't you? The things you're talking to are not ghosts. Right. You don't think I know what I'm talking about, do you?" I'll show you what you're talking to if you'll consider confessing your sins to Jesus and asking him to forgive you. As far as I know, there is no way to communicate with the dead. Demons will pose as spirits, however, to spread confusion. Are demons, aren't demons just dead people that became oh, angels? Oh, Robbo. Or oh, de- my gosh. You're such a fucking noob. Or did demons <laughs> get created by Lucifer, who was he, dead in himself, wasn't he? Or was he always an angel? He's a fallen angel. How did we get the angels? From God. They live in uh, heaven, mate. Okay. I thought angels were dead people made angels. No, no, no. Ro- Robo, yes, when you die, you go to heaven and you maybe get some wings or something. A little but halo. Like, in the in the Bible, there was the, God made, you know, heaven and the earth and all of that. And then Lucifer rebelled against his father and was cast down to hell or whatever. That's But that's where all the demons are from. They're, you know, the naughty angels. But if there are dead people in hell, and so it's a little bit, you know, not entirely correct to say that you can't communicate with the dead at all because it's just demons. Because presumably, if you were to get one of these demons on side, maybe you could work something out. Okay, can you dial up someone? I want to chat. Yeah, or to be like, can you pass on a message? And they're like, yes. And you're like, you're not going to do a trick on me, are you? Like, steal my soul. And they're like, no. <laughs> If you were to convince a demon that the message would uh, be a spooky message for the person you're passing it on to, yeah, and maybe cause them some pain, they'd love it. Yeah, they'd be into it. Um, anyway, this comment goes on. Demons will pose as spirits, however, to spread confusion. The things you are talking to are ancient and therefore extremely, extremely intelligent beyond anything we can comprehend. Do you believe in Jesus? Just because something is old doesn't mean it's smart. Uh as proof, I give you humanity. <laughs> Old racist people. Um, I, I, it, this person says at the start, you don't think I know what I'm talking about, do you? Uh, and then they say, I'll show you what if you can sort of confessing your sins to Jesus. So this person, I, this person sounds like a demon. It sounds like he's playing a little trick. He is playing a trick. Also, mm. we did know you, what you were talking about. Anyone in the ghost biz would know what you were talking about from the minute you started talking. You do know you're playing with fire, don't you? It's like, oh, yeah, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I'm playing with ghosts. Um, just one thing um, that came up in, in all both of these, uh, the K2 meters, which are some sort of EMF meter that is um, a lot of ghost hunters use. Um, they're just one of those broken bits of technology that uh, just freak out at the, the slightest touch and people just think that, that that's, you know, that's attracting a ghost or whatever. Um, but there was a guy, a skeptic that pulled one apart. Oh, I don't know if he's a skeptic, but he's, he does a lot of research into ghost hunting tools. Um, he pulled it apart and found that if you hold the button down a certain way, um, the lights flash crazy, like crazy. So it's like a sweet spot for the button, which a lot of people find and think that that's a ghost. Right. Um, and also when he was moving his mouse around, he had it next to his computer, it was just freaking out every time he moved his wireless mouse. So it's just a really sensitive EMF meter, basically. Um, but it comes up a lot in all of these things. There's been a lot of talk recently of like the sort of nexus forming between all of the different conspiracy types, like the anti-vaxxers and the 5G people and the sovereign citizens, etc. But I think there could also be a really good nexus formed between the ghost EMF scammers and the 5G EMF scammers, because they could just reuse, like you could take one of these ghost ones and run it under the 5G tower and be like, oh my God, look at the numbers. Yeah, no, that's a good point, actually. Maybe that's where we come in. Mm, I don't know if I want to scam people. We'll talk about that off. <laughs> if we all get arrested for scamming people, this is where it started. And if we all um, disappear, before, yeah. or we have some freaking weird accident, 
It wasn't an accident. Yeah, it wasn't a freaking weird accident at all. No. Uh, I don't have any more cooked inventions, but I have a couple of cooked inventors. So I looked up, uh, I was looking up to see if there were any conspiracy theorist inventors. This was like at the start of my research. I thought that could be a good way to find some cooked gadgets. And I just found, I found one guy, Ralph Renee, who was a a moon landing guy. who didn't think that we landed on the moon. He wrote a book called NASA Mooned America, which I couldn't find a lot about, except uh, a guy who sells like a um, printed out bound version of it. Uh, was super angry that Amazon had started selling, like, their print-on-demand version of it. And he's like, no, this is the proper version of it. They're infringing on copyright. But it's like, I don't know if it's your copyright at all. I think he just printed out, like, hundreds of copies of this book and was selling them. And then Amazon's like, what if we just printed one whenever someone wanted it? Uh, but uh, Ralph Renee, who wrote NASA Mooned America, he's he's dead now, but he invented the flame tip for the soldering torch. Right. And he also yeah. invented a variable pitch roof bracket. Ooh. So I know what you're thinking. Should I be impressed by that? Well, I know what you're thinking. I can hear it in your voice. You're thinking there are already various types of scaffold supporting roof brackets that we know about. Some of them even allow for an adjustment of the pitch. But what I would say to you, Robbo, uh, is that those brackets, are, when they are adjustable, are difficult to adjust, and some of them you can't adjust them into a full range of positions, and in some instances they're capable of being accidentally loosened or released. So Ralph Renee, the moon landing sceptic, his variable pitch roof bracket, can uh, you can do it on like any sort of pitch, including a vertical wall, and can it doesn't you- come, just come loose. You said to me at the start of this, Luke, I know what you're thinking, and you had me dead to rights. I was thinking all of that you just said, so well played. Uh, played. The the second cooked inventor I found was Ben Klassen, who was a a Nazi. Not like an OG Nazi, like a neo-Nazi. He started the World Church of the Creator, who they were... um, you might actually see this, some of their stickers around Melbourne. If you ever see those stickers, they're like, White Man Awake. That's uh, their local guy. He's uh, a cooked unit himself. But uh, Ben Klassen was like, a, he didn't believe in germs. He thought that was all, was, the Jews were lying to us about germs. Uh, he didn't believe in cooking food. Uh, so it's not a great combination, but it all worked out in the end. <laughs> uh, but uh, he invented the wall-mounted electric can opener. So you've probably had a situation in your life where you've got a can. uh, You know, this is the the 50s or whatever, so this is before we worked out you could put an opener on the can. But uh, you've probably got a can and you're thinking, do I want to be able to open this anywhere or do I only want to be able to open it on my wall in this one specific point? Right. And so, yeah, you just put it into the wall-mounted can opener. Yeah. I guess for so, the for the person who's got no bench space left to bring up a can opener, yeah, if you can have or, you it know, suspended above on the wall, a hand can opener, which you can just do anywhere, yeah, even outside. But I'm assuming I'm assuming this was powered, right? Yeah, yeah. See, it's convenience. But uh, the the company that sold the Cano Electric wall mounted electric can opener only lasted for a few years, I think, because. Uh, there were much better electric can openers out there as well. Right. I saw one that had a can opener and a knife sharpener that you could have stuck in your wall. I was like, that'd be good. Yeah, it's handy. And my third cooked inventor is John Robinson, who in the late 1700s started off the whole uh, Illuminati Freemason conspiracy. Right. He wrote proofs of a conspiracy against all the religious and governments of Europe. Sorry, all the religions and governments of Europe carried on in the secret meetings of Freemasons, Illuminati, and reading societies, which he based heavily on the investigations of the secret agent monk, Alexander Horn, uh, who I think we might have to look into further at some point. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. But uh, his idea was basically that the Freemasons had been infiltrated by the Illuminati. And I guess at... um, it carried a bit more weight in the late 1700s when there was a, a group called the Illuminati. Uh, and so it seemed a little more plausible. 
but he also invented the siren. Right. So if you've ever heard uh, maybe a wee-oo, wee-oo, or yeah. a no, that's not a siren. No. Can we have some siren noises, boys? Salty? Um, did you hear that? Was that an actual siren? Out- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well that'll come through on the recording. Uh, I definitely heard it. <laughs> it was just a car horn. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, if, you, yeah. If, if you've ever heard a siren. So if you've ever heard one of those, you can thank uh, the guy that worked out that the Freemasons been infiltrated by the Illuminati. Jeez. He also invented like an early version of the steam car, but then uh, he like he, it was just like improving on like a shitty steam car, so it doesn't count. Do you think he the the first um, siren? Do you think the he he come up with it as a triangle wave? Oh, get it? I get it. I don't yeah. really get it. I think I kind of get it, but I don't. Audio comes in different waveforms. Yeah. Square wave, sine wave, triangle wave. And because he was all into the Illuminati. Ah, that was the bit I was missing. Okay. Triangle That's wave. That's good. Yeah, that is good. I guess it was easier to invent things like in the 1700s. Yeah. Like no one had come up with. Oh, we needed a big noise to let everyone know to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> no one had come you, up with being loud. <laughs> you, know, you know this thing called noise? Just yeah. throwing it out there. Yeah. We could use it to alert people. Yeah. Just make it louder. And then quieter. And then louder again. A yeah. huge improvement of, over our old smell-based alerting systems. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. It's good. Good stuff. Well, gents, uh, those were some gadgets. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about some news on our Patreon show in a minute. So if you want to jump on to patreon.com slash hypothopod, you could probably uh, go and find that. And, and thanks to all the Patreon supporters, including uh, and especially Tammy, our cooked $33 supporter. Thank, thank you. you Tammy. Uh, if you want to find us online, where can they do that, Robbo? You can get me at Ale of the Time uh, everywhere. On all the socials, except TikTok. Why not Why TikTok? Not TikTok? Uh, I'm just not on there. But also, um, apparently, they're really tough on beer content. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. Cause but I, I probably wouldn't post beer content. I, I'm thinking about doing this thing where I, I do lip syncs to Donald Trump um, uh, and using my really expression-loaded face. Right. Uh, yeah. Doing a lip sync to Donald Trump. It'll take off. Yeah, Don't that, steal plus, anyone. Plus dabs and stuff. And yeah, I'll hit a dab after each one. I understand <laughs> that TikTok like have a lot of children who can't be watching the beer content, but don't they also have a lot of pedophile users that would enjoy the beer content? Mm, I guess I can't really comment <laughs> uh, just because no, I don't know. Right. Salty, where do people find you? Uh, at Saltmarsh on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and Saltmarsh Illustration on Facebook. Uh, twitch.tv slash the salt. If you want to check out some of my live streams, I do streams every couple of nights, just drawing and hanging out, listen, playing music. Um, check out Tohider on Patreon. And you can get me at Sexenheimer on Twitter. I've been posting a little bit of conspiracy gear lately, uh, which I should probably post on the Hypothopod Twitter account, which you can find twitter.com slash hypothopod. And you can also check out my radio show on 3CR Thursdays at 4.30pm. Yeah, nah, pass around. Alright. Thanks, Thanks one. guys. Bye. Don't worry about a thing Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians Maybe the fluoride in our water supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept you can definitely hear John Lennon 
except not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which let's not forget where all of the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them. Why don't you...